This is Dan from Burlington, Vermont, and now I'm tuning in to the new TNN. Well, let me tell you something, pop culture dudes. It's still WrestleMania season, and the new TNM podcast feed, dude, well, they're taking advantage of that full bar, brother. And let me tell you, even though I'm always one to talk, dude, and I'm always looking for a little bit of extra attention, let me toss it over to the host of the program, brother. He's the guy who's going to lead you through some WrestleMania careers, brother. What you going to do when Johnny C gives his podcast to you? Uh, Hollywood, I'm not giving my podcast to anyone. Did you mean, like, what you're going to do when Johnny C gives his podcast to you? Like, here you go, listen to this? Dude, I'll I tell you, I only had a contract to talk for about 15 seconds, brother, so I, I, I just, look, I'm, I'm open, I'm always open to negotiations, dude. I want to take this thing forward. I want to make this thing better than it's ever been before, dude, but you're going to have to renegotiate, brother. So talk to my attorneys, dude. You want to talk turkey with Hulk Hogan, you got to talk to my attorneys first, dude. Now, if you'll excuse me, brother, I've got a stinky, wart-infested giant that I've got to slam. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Well, at least he did the motorcycle revving walk out of the frame thing. Hi, everybody. It's Johnny C. And as the Hulkster said, it's still WrestleMania season. So here today on the program, it's a brand new episode of Ringman, which definitely has taken over the feed because it is WrestleMania season. Ringman, of course, the program here on the new TNN where we discuss the wars of sports entertainment past. And today, in conjunction with our ongoing exploitation of WrestleMania, we're going to talk about a couple of main event level superstars in World Wrestling Entertainment history. And we're going to do the old tier maker. We're today going to be ranking every single match of two very different Hall of Famers. Now, of course, I'm sure you can guess who one of them is. The man himself, Mr. WrestleMania, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, or Hulk Hogan, or Terry Bollea. To his friends, I guess. And on the opposite hand, ladies and gentlemen, a work-rate general, if you will. Some have called him a hero. Some have called him the beaten heart of the dub dub F. Some have called him an actor. But it is Brett the Hitman Clark. And you talk about two individuals whose destinies were intertwined until they weren't. But we'll talk about that historic WrestleMania moment involving the two of them when it comes up organically on their lists. Now, since I like Hulk Hogan a whole hell of a lot more, I think today we're going to start with Bret the Hitman Hart. Now, if you're not familiar with Tier Maker, it's this fun little program where you can make tiers for shit. I mean, that's really all you need to know. But, per usual... 
we're going to be ranking these items in a tiered structure and it's a five category system all right now you know Johnny C can't just do S A B C and D that's just not enough fun for a Johnny C who is I so today ladies and gentlemen each superstar is going to have their own fun tier system designed just for them since we're starting with the shit man Let's talk about the Bret Hart levels of tiers. So the lowest level, or the lowest tier, here in the Bret Hart discussion, is called the Dungeon. I mean, that makes brand synergistic sense, right? The legendary Hart family trained in the Dungeon, but the Dungeon is also a basement. And according to, you know, I went to Texas one time and I went to the Alamo and they took me on the tour and they said the basement of the Alamo is the lowest level in the Alamo. So the basement is the lowest level of a home-based structure. So if you're in your house and you go down to the dungeon, you're probably in the basement or the lowest level and that's why the dungeon is the lowest level here. The fourth place tier. Now, I really love to make fun of the way Bret Hart says, my brother old, okay? But if I make the fourth tier, my brother own, that makes it sound like I'm making fun of Owen Hart, and that's not something I'm going to do. And besides, Owen Hart and fourth place don't really gel together. However, if you say, my brother Bruce, you know, Bruce Hart's not that cool. So that's why fourth place tier is called, my brother Bruce. Now, right in the middle, we had to pick something that was sort of indicative of replacement level. And you want to talk about being able to be replaced? Ladies and gentlemen, Brett the Hitman Hart is not an actor. So the middle tier is called Lonesome Dove. The second place tier is exactly what Bret Hart once claimed to be. And if you're in the second place tier, one could say you're a pivotal part of the machine that keeps the WWF going. Or, to put it in Canadian terms, you're the beaten heart of the WWF. And the top tier, replacing S. Tell you what, Brett, we'll give you your due. The top tier is Canadian Hero. Now, once we're done talking about every match that Brett's in and we rank them, I'll individually rank the tiers just like I did on my In Your House subtitle ranking, and then we'll move on to the Hulkster. So without further ado, let's talk. Let's talk about Brett, baby. Let's talk about how cool he used to be. And then he got screwed and everything went to shit. Let's talk about Brett. Let's talk about Brett. A little, 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 little. Yeah, it kind of worked. All right, so Bret the Hitman Hart, not at WrestleMania 1, but he is at WrestleMania 2, a part of the legendary NFL versus WWF superstars uh, over-the-top battle royal. Now, I happened to review this match over on the North-South Connection Podcast Network, and we did Cronoso daily, now it's monthly, but when we did daily, and we were working our way through WrestleMania 2. I got to cover this match. And I got to tell you, folks, I probably like this match more than most. And the Hart Foundation is a very integral part of that equation. 
you know, they're the last two in the ring taking on Andre Legrand. And you know what? I had a really fun time watching it. The NFL shit was entertaining. And I know that Brett is just one part of this massive match, literally and figuratively. However, I think without Brett, and to a lesser extent, the anvil in there, even though this is just about Brett, without them in there to work off Andre at the end, the match may not be as memorable or even as much fun. And that's why, right from the get-go, I feel extremely comfortable putting the WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal in the middle at the Lonesome Dove category. I mean, I think that's fair. It's not bad, you know, meaning the lower tiers. I know some people hate on it, and don't get me wrong, I get if you hate on it. I really, really do. But even though I love to mock Brett and I don't like Brett, I, I'm going to give the devil his due. I'm not going to just sit out here and put everything in the dungeon and then say bye. I mean, sure, there's a version of this show where I just say dungeon, 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 but I'm not releasing it. This is the serious version, and so WrestleMania 2 seriously gets put in the middle at Lonesome Dove. Let us head a little east from Chicago to Detroit, Michigan, and the Pontiac Superdome, I believe it's called. Yeah, that's definitely what it's called. It's absolutely the Pontiac Superdome. So WrestleMania three, uh, the the revenge of the uh, former champions taking on. Well, we've got the former tag team champs, the British Bulldogs, former IC champ Tito Santana taking on the Hart Foundation and referee who's been barred from. The WWF Referee Services for Life Plus 10, Referee Danny Davis. So, the I don't want to say the Hart Foundation and Brett specifically are afterthoughts here. In the narrative, I suppose they are, but the match is all Hart Foundation working, you know, and Danny Davis only comes in to, you know, get in the cheap shots. Um, I actually quite enjoy uh, Mary Hart and Bob Euchre on commentary with Gorilla for this one. But in terms of what Brett brings to the match, after all, we're analyzing Brett's WrestleMania matches. <sighs> Let me put it this way. We're going to put it in Tier 4, my brother Bruce. But that doesn't mean that, like, I hate it. It's just, you know... It's, it's not as good as other ones. It's perfectly fine on this card, although it is unfortunate that the tag titles are undefended at, like, the biggest WrestleMania of all times to that point. But, I mean, you, it's a give and take, I suppose. A hot feud, uh, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Let's see here. Up next, WrestleMania 4. The Invitational Battle Royal for the trophy. Now, this is a big deal for Brett. You know, he's one of the final two, along with Bad News Brown. They team up to to abscond the junkyard dog and get him out of there. And Brett has his moment in the sun, uh, you know, ready to share the trophy with a Bad News Brown until the ghetto blaster out of nowhere, Monsoon! Thus showing that Bret Hart is a gullible fool! <laughs> Brett! You wrestled like a fool! Like a goddamn fool! Um, but yeah, man, it's still a standout moment for Brett. It's, uh, you know, the spotlight being shone on him as an individual here on a grand stage. But the overwhelming stupidity, Brett! Uh, but I am willing to give it, uh, 
the benefit of the doubt and put it into my brother Bruce category as opposed to the dungeon category. Believe it or not, I don't think this Battle Royal performance is as good as the WrestleMania 2 performance. I mean, obviously, because WrestleMania 2 is Lonesome Dove, and WrestleMania 4 is my brother Bruce. So, you know, it is what it is. Now, granted, he gets a little vengeance at the end and breaks the trophy, but that's after the bell rings. Well, okay, it's still part of the thing, but I don't know. It's just, it's maybe more memorable, but I'd rather watch the WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal, okay, over the WrestleMania 4 Battle Royal. Uh, WrestleMania 5, look, the Hart Foundation versus Rhythm and Blues before they were officially called Rhythm and Blues, I don't really have a problem with it. It's perfectly acceptable, but do you know what else it is? It's perfectly forgettable, okay? On a, on a card as stacked as WrestleMania 5, where there's like 14 matches or 12 matches or maybe 10 matches, but it feels like there's 40 sometimes, okay? To me... WrestleMania 5's tag team match with the Hearts is probably... Well, it is. I mean, just looking at the list here, it's it's the least that I care about out of all of them. I'm going to put it into my brother Bruce category, which is level 4, and it's not going to place high in that tier. I mean, I don't want to spoil my own shit. And again, it's nothing against the match. It's perfectly acceptable. Like, I'm sure anybody could watch it and be like, yeah, that's a two and a half replacement level tag team match, and I totally get that. But what I'm looking for is something, and that's a big part of all of my tier rankings. Do I want to watch it? You know, if it's on in front of me, am I going to sit down and be interested in it? I mean, I've seen the WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal a lot more than I've seen this Heart Foundation Rhythm and Blues match. So I guess you could argue I should want to watch the Rhythm and Blues Heart Foundation match over the WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal because I haven't seen it as much. But at the same time, I know that I'd rather spend my time watching something that will get me to have a reaction more frequently than less frequently. And that's the WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal, which I know I don't I don't mean to keep comp- I'm not going to compare every match to that, but that's the highest tier ranked match I've had so far. And so that's why I feel like it's important to identify why the 3, 4 and 5 matches are all ranked lower because I'm going to have uh, a, a more interesting time watching the WrestleMania 2 match. Ironically, we're still in tag team competition. We're sticking in the My Brother Bruce category with WrestleMania 6. However, keep this in mind. The Hart Foundation go out there and immediately destroy the Bolsheviks in like 20 seconds, okay? And I'm putting that... You know, to me, anyway, above the WrestleMania 5 match. Like I said, we'll rank these all. But the WrestleMania 6 match is so important to the Hitman narrative. It's a statement. They go out there, they destroy them. Jesse makes the call famously, you know, it's been a year since the Hart Foundation uh, have been in contention. You know, when they lose at SummerSlam 89, it's like, if the Hearts don't win, it's going to be a year before they get a title shot. And here, they've challenged the winners of the Colossal Connection and the Demolition, and they come out and make this emphatic statement, and it's super memorable. And it's not because Steve Allen, Perestroika, and Glasnost, I love you the utmost, and how is your sister tonight? I mean... Sure, that's amazing. But at the same time, the match is completely memorable. It's more memorable than the five match, in my opinion. It's more memorable than the three match. And, uh, yeah, in terms of Heart Foundation encounters, we still got, you know, one more Heart Foundation match to talk about. 
But I, you know, even though it's in the My Brother Bruce tier, which is level 4, I'm feeling very positive that it's going to place well in that division. And, speaking of that division, we're going to move away from that division. Alright, for WrestleMania 7 is not My Brother Bruce. It's a little bit better. The tag team match where they lose the belts to the Nasty Boys is a pretty fun match to watch, to be honest with you. I have a soft spot for WrestleMania 7 because of the tremendous matches that are there and the spectacle and the ultimate warrior gets his ultimate win. But, you know, all the celebrities. like it's a WrestleMania 7 is a fun show, and this is a fun match. It might be one of the better Nasty Boy matches in the WWF lexicon, to be honest with you. I don't know, it's probably like three stars, maybe. I'm not a scientist. I don't really, you know, I haven't watched it in a couple, well, it's been, I watched WrestleMania 7 last year. I want to say around like, around Halloween time I watched it casually. Yeah, I was watching some 91 stuff and I went into 90, no, I was watching 91 stuff and I watched 7 because it was before the stuff I was talking about. Um, So, you know, it's a good match. Um, I'm going to put it in the Lonesome Dove tier with the WrestleMania 2 Battle Royal. You know, and I think that makes sense. It's not going to penetrate into those higher tiers, but it's certainly going to live comfortably right there in the middle. Um, Yeah, it's a good time. I like it. And I like the Nasty Boys music. Yeah! Nasty Boys. I don't really like that song that much. I I just wanted an excuse to sing it. Um... But you do get the added story of uh, the Hearts defending against uh, a Jimmy Hart-managed team, who, of course, was their former uh, mentor, and the tremendous Nasty Boy celebration in the locker room with Marla Maples, and she's appalled, appalled by what's happening. (laughs) But that's going to, you know, that will take us to the end of the Hart Foundation proper discussion of the matches. You'll notice they were all in Tier 4 or Tier 3. So now that the Brett... The Brett Man has gotten rid of the baggage that we lovingly call Durano. How high can Bret Hart get? I mean, he gets really high these days, but how high can he get as a sports entertainment-based competitor? Brett, you know, I was at WrestleMania 2 and WrestleMania 3. Is it WrestleMania 4 WrestleMania 5? Ironically, I didn't get to WrestleMania 6, even though it was in Canada. But I noticed Durano was slowing you down. But look at him. He's a goddamn Reino. He's a specimen. He has sex with my daughter, Ellie. Brett, do you think the Reino puts his horn in her butt? I bet he does, because he's a goddamn Reino. Even if she turns him down, the Reino takes what belongs to him. Every butt belongs to the Reino, Brett. Brett, did the Reino ever force himself on you? You can tell me. I'm your father, Stu Hart. Brett, did you have sex with the Reino? It's okay, Brett. Brett, let's talk about WrestleMania 8. Yeah, yeah, Dad, let, let's talk about WrestleMania 8. I don't, I'm not comfortable with the Jim Neidhart discussion any further. 
yeah, guys, I, I, I hate to interrupt this family discussion, but I'd also like to move on. I'm not very comfortable. It's not that it's anal-related or two guys, but it sounds like Jim may have forced himself on Brad, and I, I'm not okay with that. Okay? I'm not. No, it's okay, Johnny. I enjoyed it. Oh, well, shit. Rock and fucking roll, then. Mm, Brit. Brit, you telling me that you did have sex with the Reno? Oh, Dodd. Johnny wants to move on. Guys, let's fucking move on. I'm done. WrestleMania 8 at the Hoosier Dome, Gorilla, in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's quite a contest, ladies and gentlemen. I was front and center for this immortal bout. And I got to tell you, I enjoyed it quite a fucking bit. I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed the pre-match promo interview between Brett and Piper where they're arguing back and forth. Oh, I got the bologna sandwiches. Just one piece of bologna, though. <laughs> oh, and you know what? Sometimes she's just there's no peanut butter, so she's just putting some mustard on them right there. Oh, my mom makes good sandwiches, Piper. Oh, okay, Brett, but there's only one piece of bologna on them sandwiches. You know, I'm going to prove I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. I'm going to the ring. Rowdy Piper. Quite a contest in front of you. Eh, Gene, I think I'll be okay. I had a couple of bologna sandwiches before I had this match. Um, and they were good bologna sandwiches too. Not the Helen Hart kind of bologna sandwiches where there's one little piece of bologna. Rowdy, it sounds like all Johnny remembers from this promo, even though he called it legendary, is the bologna sandwich reference. Yeah, kind of getting I'm kind of getting that too, Gene. All right, I'm gonna go to the ring. Play my bagpipe music. So, it's face versus face. Brett looking to regain his Intercontinental Championship gold after he lost it to the Mountie with 119 degree fever or some sorts in Springfield, Mass. And Roddy, of course, captioned it in a legendary moment at the Royal Rumble and defended it successfully at Saturday night's main event on Fox when he wore the bulletproof shock vest protector thing that Brett would later steal when he got speared by Goldberg. But that's another story altogether. Let's talk about the ins and outs of this match. The subtle face-heel dynamic with Roddy and Brett. You know, they're both faces, but Piper's going a little evil. What the hell? Ring the bell! That whole thing. Uh, the blading. No, 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 Johnny, that's where you're wrong. It wasn't a blade. I got opened up the hard way. Yeah. Hold on, Vince is going around the corner. Johnny, guess what? I actually didn't bleed the hard way. I cut myself with a razor blade, because that's what I do for the business. Yes, Brett, I know. You bleed for all of our sins. Thank you very much. Um, but the blood does add a whole hell of a lot to this encounter. The awesome sleeper flip pin. I, that's the first time I ever saw it. I mean, if it happened earlier, okay, I believe you. If Brett did, if that was his fucking go-to and stampede at a Saturday matinee when he was trying to steal the show with Dynamite Kid, that's fine. I believe you, okay? Or if he used it against George Wells in 79, I believe you. But the sleeper flip pin, this is the first time I ever saw it, and holy shit, it's amazing. Uh, my brother was cheering for Brett. I was cheering for Piper. Sure, the kid in me left the Hoosier Dome a little brokenhearted. But I'm going to tell you what, folks. You could tell that Brett's heart was beaten during the match as the blood flew freely. And that's why the WrestleMania 8 Intercontinental Championship encounter is going to be our first match in the second highest tier 
the beaten heart of the dub dub F tier. Or an A tier, if you want to be simple about it. This match is great. And I'm not going to take it away from the Hitman. And I love that Piper has a great match like this too at Mania. Piper's a guy who never really had like a, uh, you know, a big work rate classic in the Federation. So I'm glad that he's a part of it too. And he's bringing it just as well. Uh, But, you know, this is definitely an indicator that Brett can get good matches out of people that normally don't have good matches as well. So there you go, Brett. You might be the beaten heart of the Dub Dub F. And the year after this, that would be proven even further as you would emerge uh, from the backstage area, the World Wrestling Federation champion. But would you go back behind the curtain carrying the belt? Let's talk about the events at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, Nevada. No, Gene, that's not how you say it. Brett, goddammit, I'm an American. I know how to say Nevada. Now let's go back to Johnny C, who is live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, I don't want to agree with Brett, so it is indeed Las Vegas, Nevada. I have to admit, like right off the bat, that I'm a little biased towards WrestleMania 9. Not because it's like really good or anything like that, but the thing that I appreciate about it the most is you get pure, like unfiltered WCW, Jim Ross on commentary. Like if Yokozuna's beating on Bret Hart and then Bret fires back with like fiery, fiery fists, JR'd be like, oh my god, Macho Man, Bret Hart, slugging, slugging it out. And you know a few things about that. A 227 lifetime slugger percentage for the Rocket City Trash Pandas you had in the AA affiliate for the Cincinnati Reds. Oh my god. And don't forget, Bret Hart, oh, he's dodging. He's dodging left and right. He's floating like a butterfly. Sticking like a bee. Just like when he was quarterback for the Kent State Fighting Irish. Oh, and look at this now. You know, it's just glorious. I'm surprised he didn't bust out the WrestleMania stats. Uh, uh, Macho Man, now hold on. I understand you're making a very important point here, but we need to take a look at the WrestleMania stats on Yokozuna. Now, fans, he's uh, 577 pounds. Uh, he once uh, defeated Virgil at the Survivor Series, and he's eaten an entire kangaroo. But it is Bret the Hitman Hart. It is all pink tights, shades of WrestleMania 8, defending his WWF championship that he proudly won in Saskatoon against Yokozuna, the winner of the Royalist of Rumbles, the first man to cash in a Royal Rumble victory for the title shot at WrestleMania. History hasn't exactly been kind to WrestleMania 9. However, I'm a little soft on it. I remember in the build-up to this being completely underwhelmed by the fact that this was the WrestleMania main event. And I'm only 10 years old at the time. So, yeah. Um, But I did find a little bit of respite uh, when I was under the assumption that Hulk Hogan would become one half of the WWF Tag Team Champions of the World. We'll talk about that later. This main event, though, you know, it's not bad. It's a little... uh, I'm trying to be polite. You know, considering how bad it could have been, which we'll talk about in just a minute, the WrestleMania 9 match with Bret and Yoko is really not that bad, okay? It's a little bit of... It's maybe like three stars if I'm being kind because Brett is working his ass off and Yoko is too but unfortunately Yoko has limitations 
limitations that he didn't seem interested in working past. So I am going to give Brett a little bit more of the credit. But Brett does make it believable. As believable as he can. And that's why Brett is going to keep this WrestleMania 9 main event that many have preordained a stinker. He's going to keep it out of the middle two tiers. But there's no way I can put it up there with Intercontinental title match from WrestleMania 8. It is going to be in the Lonesome Dove tier with the Nasty Boys match at 7 and with the NFL Battle Royal at 2. So not too shabby. I mean, there's no way that you could say that Johnny has screwed Brett. Every single match that we've talked about has been above the dungeon. WrestleMania 10. Brett Hitman Hart opening the show with his brother, Rocket Owen Hart. Not yet Rocket King, but just Rocket. I heard, pray tell, he kicked Brett's leg right out of his leg. No more build-up necessary. We all know how good this match is. Famously, it's the best WrestleMania opener until, what is it, like WrestleMania 30 when it gets dethroned by D. Bry, my shucky-ducky quack-quack, when he takes on the H's? And I do stand by that match having a hell of a lot more mojo going on because the match means something for the finale. Not that this match didn't matter, but we all knew Brett was coming back. Triple H and D-Bry had that sort of, uh, what had the extra kick. Will we see an evolution triple threat or will Yeselmania continue? But there's no denying that the match is a scientific, technical masterpiece. But there is emotion and there is entertainment to be found because the clash of brother versus brother is so relatable for a mass audience. It really is. It's something you can easily buy into. All you got to do is sit somebody down who's like, I mean, I guess I'm willing to give wrestling a chance and say, cool, see the guy with the long stringy hair? That's the older brother. See the guy with the blonde hair? He's the younger brother. And he feels like anybody, everybody just cares about his older brother. Pretty universally easy to understand storyline. And then watch and see what happens. Um, it's really probably to the surprise of no one. This earns Brett a Canadian hero ranking. Oh my God! Brett Hart confirmed! Canadian hero! He's got a 25% chance of becoming a Canadian hero here in the AA tryouts for the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Macho man, if you come over here and show us how to throw a curveball. Now make sure the curveball is accentuated at a speed regardless of its ability to transpress a 76 mile per hour threshold. I'm going to tell you, Jim Ross, that doesn't make any sense. And I think everybody's probably done with the baseball stuff. Uh-huh. I agree, Randy. Jim, watch yourself. But it is a Canadian hero ranking for Brett. It's the highest of achievements here at WrestleMania. And congratulations, Brett. But let's not forget that Owen has a lot to do with this contest, too. On the complete opposite side of the spectrum... Here at WrestleMania 10-2, not to be confused with Final Fantasy 10-2. What can I do for you? Okay, I'm not going to bother treading down that path because only X amount of people in the world have played Final Fantasy 10 and a much lower percentage have played Final Fantasy 10-2, so I'm not going to sing the hip-hop song from Final Fantasy 10-2. But this is WrestleMania 10-2. Brett comes back in the main event, and with the assistance of Creep, Burt Reynolds... <laughs> 
who's desperately trying to make a pass at Jenny Garth. He's like, eh, Jenny Garth, you know, I uh, I might have a cast on my hand, but it still works. Still touch your twat. Burt Reynolds. Wow. I just did an impression of Burt Reynolds saying the word twat. If there was a hell, I'd be going there. Um, Brett versus Yokozuna is not good. It is a far, far cry from the WrestleMania 9 encounter, which is saying something, okay? And to top it all off, Yokozuna wins via, or excuse me, Bret Hart wins via, whoa, 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 when Yokozuna slips off the middle rope. Oh, this match is bad. It is our first entry into Stu Hart's dungeon. Yeah, Brett, I went down the dungeon. I've got to store some rhino meat down there in the fridge. I went down to the dungeon. There's a big fecky down there. Oh, Stu, I'm so sorry. Did did, did, you, did he leave you alone? Oh, he left me alone, but I didn't leave him alone. Oh, no, Stu, what'd you do? Well, you think I did. I'm a shooter. I shot at him. I shot at him with a double leg takedown, and then I twisted him up like a pretzel. Now he's my fat Japanese guy. Oh, he's actually, uh, I think he's from California, Stu. California. I've never been to California. Sticking with the dungeon, Stu. Actually, I'm not ready to move on yet. I got a little sidetrack with the Stu Hart impression. I want to just make a fun of myself. Who remembers the shot at the end of WrestleMania 10 where Macho Man holds open the ropes for Owen Hart and he's like, come on, come on in, Owen Hart, get in here. It's a family celebration. Uh-huh. And the camera's on Owen and he whispers something. He like, he talks to himself. He clearly says, what about me? Which is his thing. What about me? But I rewound that incessantly trying to figure out what he was saying. And then I watched it randomly on DVD when I was like 30. And he's like, oh, he said, what about me? <laughs> it was like, how come I couldn't figure that out as a kid? But joining the twisted like a pretzel version of Yokozuna down in Stu Hart's dungeon on the lowest tier is the WrestleMania 11 I Quit match between Bret Hart and Mr. Bob Backlund. I mean, 1995 should probably just be put in a dungeon itself, right? But when you add in the fact that this match has no heat, okay, and it's and it's got the absolute worst special guest referee in history. What do you say? What do you say? And Rowdy Roddy Piper. What do I say, Roddy? I say you're in the dungeon. The match is bad. The match is really bad. But, you know, we made it all the way from WrestleMania 2 to WrestleMania 10-2 before we had anything below my brother Bruce. I think it could be... It should be very clear that I'm being as fair as I can to Flair, and I'm being courteous to the hitman. WrestleMania 12. The boyhood dream has come true! If you have not, allow me to aim you at another podcast here on this network. On Concrete Man... I review and rewatch. Well, I don't really review. I just we talk about in your house pay per views where Vince is on commentary and yells in your house like we track in your house references. I've done a couple of specials to cover some of the big events of 1996. I did an episode called the Concrete Man Boyhood Dream Special, 
where I recapped and micro-reviewed every single minute of the WrestleMania 12 60-plus minute Iron Man match. So I'm quite comfortable discussing it. That match would have benefited from just being a regular match that happened to go 63, 64 minutes. All right? That being said, I cannot deny that it does weave a narrative throughout the match, and it did take talent to pull off. But folks, you put it on in front of me, I am running. I am running for the hills. I'm running to lock myself in Stu Hart's dungeon to be twisted up like a delicious Auntie Anne's pretzel. All right? I do not want to ever watch the Iron Man match for as long as I live. And I would gladly watch a lot of other matches that are not as good. Therefore, I am going to put the WrestleMania 12 Iron Man match in the same tier as the WrestleMania 8 IC title match with Piper, thus proving that Bret Hart has at least two matches that make him the beaten heart of the Dub Dub F, because that is the beaten heart of the Dub Dub F tier. WrestleMania 12, congratulations, guys. You did something really unique. Just not entertaining. And that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Folks, I don't know what more I can say about the submission match from WrestleMania 13 Heat. I remember watching it live and being blown away. I wasn't quite at the age where I really started thinking about like work rate and how they put the match together and shit like that. I was on the internet, but I was more interested in like rumors. Like Jeff Jarrett's going to be on WCW tonight, shit like that. I hadn't quite gotten into the art form of professional wrestling. But even I realized it was special. I only have one negative thing to say about the match. For years, I had to watch it on the WrestleMania 13 DVD that was a part of like the WrestleMania box set. And the sound was out of sync with the picture. Or was it on Brett's? Some DVD. I had this match on some. No, I didn't have this on, D- on the WrestleMania collection. I had 6 through 10. I had this. This was on Brett's DVD or Austin's DVD. It was on some DVD. And it was the sound was completely out of sync with the picture by like a half second. And it drug me bonkers. You know the famous shot where where Austin has the blue steel chair and he swings it and it's got the shit attached to it and he just nails Brett? That's the like that's the perfect moment where you could tell because he swings, he impacts, and then 0.28 seconds later you hear smack. And that's the only complaint I got about it. The match is absolutely fucking perfect and it takes two to tango in the wars of sports entertainment. It wasn't just Austin. It was Austin and Brett. Brett... The best thing you ever did for the business of professional wrestling was help make Stone Cold Steve Austin a star. All of us wrestling fans owe you, uh, you know, uh, i tell you what, you come visit me, I'll buy you a blizzard. All right? We all owe you a blizzard. But I'm not getting a large. All right? You won't eat all of it. It'll go to waste. And, it's too, and, and I'm just not paying that much. Okay? I'll get you a mini. But we all... Oh, Brett, a thank you for this. Absolutely, fucking lutely it makes the Canadian hero tier. There's no doubt about it. I won't hear anyone else say anything to the contrary. And I hate Brett. Okay? This match is amazing. 
Amazing, amazing, amazing. One more match to go, and then we'll rank them all within the tiers. Speaking of tears, I watched this match a few days ago, and I was laughing so hard, tears emerged from me. Tears. Brett the Hitman Hart in his fucking denim shorts, taking on Vincent Kennedy McMahon with the McMahon clan, or McMahon clan, the Hart clan at ringside, embarrassing themselves. Bruce Hart, my brother Bruce, as the special guest referee, I know Brett couldn't take a bump. And I realized you might have to have had some storyline elements to make this match last as long. But Brett unleashes Hell's Fury with the chair. It's uncomfortable to watch. And you know what? Vince McMahon's a piece of shit. But Brett screwed Brett. And he doesn't deserve this vengeance. Alright? I said it. Brett screwed Brett. WrestleMania 26. 26? Ooh, a little Freudian slip there. You know, Brett, I'll, I'll tell you, I think people would rather watch us have sex. I'm going to just throw that out there right now. I know you wouldn't hit me with that chair. And I know I'm going to be wearing this bulletproof vest under under my under my shirt, Brett. But honestly, would you rather just have sex? Uh, I'm going to assume from your lack of response that you're okay with this. Patterson, uh, we're going to do sex. Anywho... WrestleMania 26, Brett and Vince in the dungeon! In the dungeon! With Twisted Like a Pretzel, Yokozuna, and Bob Backlund. So, looks like this is the breakdown. Three matches in the dungeon. Four matches for my brother Bruce. Three matches in Lonesome Dove. Two matches prove Brett at one point was the beaten heart of the WWF. And two matches confirm Brett is... A Canadian hero. Let's rank these. It's not going to take long. The dungeon tier from worst to best. So this whole list would be Brett, uh, Brett's worst mania to best mania, in my opinion. WrestleMania 26. The worst. Absolutely. fucking loose. There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. The, Brett's 14th best match, WrestleMania 26. His 13th, WrestleMania 11. The best of the worst, Brett's 10th best match, believe it or not, is Yoko and Brett from 10. Because I'd rather watch that because Burt Reynolds is there than the, what do you say? Brett's 9th best Mania match, the bottom of the Brother Bruce tier, is the WrestleMania 5 versus Rhythm and Blues. Nothing wrong with it, it's just for very forgettable. Brett's 8th best match, WrestleMania 3 with Danny Davis taking on the Bulldogs and Chico Santana. His 7th best match at WrestleMania, the Ghetto Blaster Memorial Battle Royal. His... Sixth best match. No, wait. 14, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. His eighth best match is the WrestleMania 6 match taken on the Bolsheviks with Steve Allen, and they win in like a second. Into the Lonesome Dove tier. His seventh best match is the NFL Battle Royal, splitting the D right down the middle of the list. The number six WrestleMania match. WrestleMania 7 losing the titles of Tag Nature to the Nasty Boys. The Believe it or not, the fifth best match in Brett's career. And it's, you know, really bolstered by the fact that he's a solo here. He's the in his first reign as champion, and he pulls watchable out of Yokozuna, is WrestleMania 9. The king of the lonesome dove tier. I'm probably a lonesome dove putting that as high as I did, but I did. His fourth best match, the Iron Man. 
His third best match, the IC title at WrestleMania 8. No surprise, his second best match versus my brother Owen at WrestleMania 10. And obviously, the best match in the Hitman's WrestleMania career. Feel the heat at WrestleMania 13 versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I think I've made a compelling argument for each. And if you disagree... Oh, that's totally fine if you disagree, guys. The show's just for funsies. But I do believe in this tier ranking. I like to joke along the way. But I believe in the picks. And uh, thanks, Brett. You gave us something to talk about. But now it's time for the main event. Mr. WrestleMania himself. I want to waste no time. Johnny C, dude, you gonna talk about me? My lawyer said I could come back, dude. Hollywood. Come on in. It's the WrestleMania tier ranking of Hollywood Hulk Hogan's WrestleMania matches. Yeah, I know. I'm just so used to calling him Hollywood Hulk Hogan. That's my favorite version of the character. But Hulkster, come on in. All right, dude. Here I come. Hulk, why are you making that sound? I was pretending to run, dude. I can't really walk that good no more. Did you see me on Raw on the Raw 30th anniversary, dude? I had like a cane and everything, dude. Dude, come borrow your gun, dude. Oh my God, Hawkster! Sure, you can borrow it. Now, if a guy like Brett got specially named tiers for his matches, y'all better believe that the Hawkster has got some special tiers as well. Now, I don't know that we're gonna need a bottom rung to the tier list, but we should probably include one just in case. And I've decided to, as I always do, give the tiers some clever names. So let's get into it. For Hulk Hogan, the D tier, or the lowest tier, is going to be known as TNA. Because, you know, do you all remember when Hulk Hogan went to TNA and sort of disgraced his brand? Of course, his brand had been run through the ringer at this point, so, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Moving up the Hulk Hogan hierarchy, the C tier will now be known... Well, it's kind of like a C. I mean, there's letters involved. The C tier is the F-U-N-B tier. You know, Stone Cold Hulk Hogan, or as I lovingly call him... See, that's the thing, guys. Here's the kicker. And and I'm going to rant about it for just a second. If it wasn't clear on my former program on the North South Connection Podcast Network, WCW Must Die, people often overlook this portion of Hulk Hogan's in-ring history. You know, for so many years in the WWF, we get the red and yellow. And then he goes to WCW, we get the red and yellow. And then he does Hollywood. And then he does the weird hybrid where he's like red and yellow, but he's got the Hollywood accoutrement and he's like good guy Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Then he just goes straight red and yellow before Russo and Bischoff team up in April. Please understand, he then creates a new character. He comes down to the ring in a black vest with black jeans instead of black trunks, okay? And he wears the glove, like, and he's cursing. He is trying to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. However, instead of something clever like, I don't know, body slamming Hulk Hogan, he's Hulk Hogan Terry Bollea. See, the Hulk Hogan is Stone Cold or the Viper, the Beast. You know, like that's his nickname, Hulk Hogan Terry Bollea, who, of course, wears the FUNB vest 
And you know what, guys? It's a kid's show. The NB stands for New Blood. I'll let you figure out what the FU stands for. The C tier is known as Oof. You know that lip thing? Oof. I think it's self-explanatory. Oh, wait, no, that's the... Yeah, no, wait. Oh, you know, I've got these letters all wrong. The fucking C tier is TNA. The B tier... No, no. D is TNA. C is F-U-N-B. B is Hoof. A is Hollywood. Now, Hollywood Hulk Hogan is my favorite of the gimmicks of Hulk Hogan, okay? Um, but it's not number one. Because number one, the S tier, even though it shares a name with Hogan's awful TNA stable, it's more about what these matches are. Hulk Hogan has often been referred to as the immortal Hulk Hogan. And matches that rank in the S tier are a part of the immortal tier. Because they will live forever. And they are immortal. Wipe the tears from your eyes and we'll continue. Alright, let's start at the start, then take it away. The name is Simpson. Bartholomew J. That's Bart with an art and a capital B. And Sim plus S-O-M. That's me. Trouble! Okay. WrestleMania 1, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T taking on Rowdy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. This match is so very important. This match is fun enough to watch. This match is not necessarily, you know, going to change the world as you watch it. But it's a great slice of nostalgia. And I do think it's something that you can put on and for the 12 or 13 minutes that it lasts you can have a decent enough time. You're not going to be wiggling around in your seat, okay? Between the crowd involvement, the celebrities, the commentary, the in-ring action, you're going to at least be able to focus and pay attention. Now, that, that might sound like damning with faint praise. It's not meant to be, okay? There are some matches that you just can't handle. But the fact that everybody involved in the match is such a larger-than-life personality, even if they're just doing an arm bar, it's probably going to be one of the more entertaining arm bars you've seen. And I'm going to lay it right in the middle in the hoof category. All right, It's middle of the road, middle tier. And of course, we'll rank all the tiers to collectively form the complete list, as we did with Brett at the end. But WrestleMania 1's comfortable in hoof. Now, WrestleMania 2... I could absolutely understand arguments and believe the fact that you could probably convince me that the WrestleMania 2 main event is better than the WrestleMania 1 main event, okay? However, it lacks a certain feeling of stakes. It lacks a certain feeling of emotion, okay? It's basically... I kind of feel like I'm watching a Saturday night's main event. And there's nothing wrong with watching a Saturday night's main event. Hey, they're a lot of fucking fun. But this is not Saturday night's main event. This is WrestleMania 2. And, you know, I can't help but... Like, if WrestleMania 2 was an absolute barn burner of a show, and this is just the icing on the cake, like a nice, comfortable Hogan defense in a cage with some fun action in a hot crowd... Like, I'm totally for it, and I'm not trying to judge this one match based on what happens on the rest of WrestleMania 2. But WrestleMania 2 strangely feels like a placeholder 
and as does this main event. And so, I'm going to put it below in the C tier, also known as F, U, and B. I mean, do we really have to have another long, drawn-out discussion of Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant? I mean... This match fucking lives forever. Okay? I don't care how many times you've seen it. I don't care. This match is absolutely in the immortal tier. Okay? There's nothing you can do about it. It will always be there. You can never change my mind. Don't even fucking worry about it. Okay? You all knew it was going to be in the immortal tier when you pressed play. Before Before you knew the immortal tier was even a thing, you already knew. So I'm not going to take everybody's time. I'll just simply say this. It's always a good reason to watch this match. But around WrestleMania season, do yourself a favor. Just watch it. And just let it wash over you, man. Just let it happen. <laughs> That's what Vince said to Brett before WrestleMania 26 after they made their little side arrangement. Brett, just just let it happen. Look, it's going to be happening. You're just going to have to allow it to happen. All right? Just get some Vaseline. It's happening. WrestleMania 4, the rematch. Oh, boy. You know, it's the tape break match, right? I don't know if anybody ever had this thing on VHS, like the Coliseum home video. I mean, this is the tape break. Um, It feels kind of weird to say this because it's Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. But what is the old... It's, there's like, a, like the bloom is off the rose. Is that what the expression is? Um, in name value... Not so much, but in execution, especially when you consider that the main event happened like a month before this, and the main event is the greatest wrestling program ever committed to celluloid. Um, I am, I feel really bad about this, but as immortal as the WrestleMania three match is, the WrestleMania four match is just as missable, and it's got a a blah finish. It does have the awesome moment where Virgil's executed by Hulk Hogan. Um, but I am going to put WrestleMania 4's rematch in the FUNB category with the King Kong Bundy match. Hey, you know what? Just be happy I didn't put it in TNA, okay? But I think we can all agree that, you know, Hogan Andre at this point's just kind of done. I mean, we're done with it. Um, but I guess we had to just get one more gear. You know, it's a great match to advertise as a guarantee for WrestleMania four. When you consider the fact that, you know, a lot of the tournament matches are unknown. So it's great from a marketing perspective. I totally get why they did it. The finish makes sense. You got to get Hulk and Andre out of the tournament. Like look, I got no complaints about it, but if you want to talk about bell to bell action, it's F U N B. The mega powers detonated at Trump Plaza one year later. And I would just like to say I'm a big WrestleMania 5 fan, especially the WrestleMania 5 introduction when there's a red stormy sky like it's DC's Crisis on Infinite Earths. And one of the dudes from the Night Court band eases into the recording studio with Jim Johnston, pulls out his saxophone and says... The Mega Powers explode at 
Don't marry you. And then he takes his saxophone for a walk, and he's like, and I think they loved that musician so much they brought it back to record the No Holds Barred film soundtrack. Because, folks, I've never heard it talked about in great detail. It deserves to be the fucking WrestleMania 5 saxophone and the No Holds Barred saxophone. It's got to be the same saxophone, right? It has to be. Um, WrestleMania 5, Hogan and Mach with Liz in a neutral quarter. She's supposed to be in a neutral quarter, Monsoon. I love it. I love it so much. However, controversial decision here. Uh, I don't know that the match is immortal. I'd say it would feel comfortable with Frankie going to Hollywood. We're going to put the Mega Powers Explode in the A-tier Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I looked at Hollywood and said, where'd who go? That's a Top Gun joke. Hollywood and Wolfman. Cinema's greatest lover, lovers. WrestleMania 6, the ultimate challenge. So ultimate. Who doesn't love that shot of the ultimate warrior after his entrance? He's on the turnbuckle doing his warrior press thing. And the fan in the crowd has the giant Hogan WrestleMania sign folded and it's just Hogan's face and you hear so here's what makes the ultimate challenge immortal the reason I brought up that little gag about the warrior posing with the sign WrestleMania 6 almost more than any Hogan match I can think of benefits from the extracurricular it benefits from the intangibles, it benefits from the director of the program and the little choices. All night we've watched people be carted down to the aisle. Even our heroes, Hogan and Warrior, both make the walk. The little gimmick with the sign, the face-to-face in the center of the ring with Dave Hebner talking to him where they each remove their championship belts and then Dave holds them both in the air. The little th- the guys at ringside in fucking tuxedos with the warrior paint. Mary Tyler, okay, not so much Mary Tyler Moore. Me believing that a minute into this match, Hogan's knee was destroyed and the match was going to be over. Although I did think Hogan could get counted out and still win the title. But me thinking that two minutes into the match, what I'd been waiting for for months wasn't actually going to happen because Hogan was hurt. All the intangibles about this match. Everything that doesn't, you know, Hogan and Warrior do their part. But Toronto does their part. The director of WrestleMania 6 does their part. The commentators, Jesse and uh, Gorilla, do their part. The the producer, the person that's putting together the shot selection, the camera operators, they make this match feel epic. Never, I mean, look, I don't want to see a bear hug or a test of strength in a match, but I want to, but seeing it in this match lets you know how effective that shit could be. It's like getting in a time machine and heading back to, like, 1940 and watching, like, two grizzly men in, in little boots and trunks, you know, arm wrestle one another, or fucking, you know, bear hug one another for 60 minutes, and it was a fucking MSG classic. Like, 
It's such a throwback to a bygone era that is aided by modern production. WrestleMania 6, the ultimate challenge, is fucking immortal. I mean, there'll be no other conversation to be had about that match. WrestleMania 7, superstars and stripes forever. I can explain my thoughts on this match in one word. Oof. Because it's perfectly good, middle-of-the-road Hogan. I would say it's honestly a little above middle-of-the-road, but I'm not comfortable putting it in Hollywood. But you can rest assured, it will rank high in the middle-of-the-road tier. Okay? I promise not to give anything away. But I don't want you to think that I'm just tossing it by the wayside. It's It lacks the intangibles of like WrestleMania 6 or 3. It's also sort of a foregone conclusion match. You know, one of those world-famous like WrestleMania main events that's a foregone conclusion, and that's okay. It also benefits from the awesome graphic of uh, Hogan and Slaughter, not only like the match graphic with them looking at each other with the blue background that says WrestleMania 7, but also the opening video where it's like, Sergeant Slaughter! And he's completely still, and he goes... Any points? <laughs> Versus the immortal Hulk Hogan! And then the stars go... Uh, but it's a great show. Seven is a great show. And this is sort of the opposite of the WrestleMania 2 main event. Seven's a great show, and Hogan Slaughter is the fucking icing on the cake. Because it delivers... It delivers to the best that it can when it's a foregone, obvious conclusion. And Slaughter brings it. Hogan Blades for our entertainment. You know, it's a good match. I'm almost talking myself out of it, but I'm not. It's hoof. It's very high hoof. WrestleMania 8. It's going to be controversial, folks. Another match that benefits from the intangibles. I, I, I cannot say this enough. And I'm not going to dive deep into the match. The Warrior coming back is awesome. The match itself is not negative two stars like Dave gave it, okay? I covered this on a whole episode of Starman. Let me just say this. It has to be one of the greatest beginnings to a pro wrestling match that's ever been done. Hogan making the long walk and then battling Sid Justice with Real American playing. And they fucking time everything with the music perfectly. You don't even have to watch the match. Just watch until Real American stops playing. And you will get everything you need to know. That's the moment. That's the moment that lives forever. Regardless of what happens afterwards, you cannot take that away from it. It's too fucking awesome to be in TNA. It's too respectable to be in FUNB. Hogan and Sid Justice is hoof right In the middle of the road, baby. Now let's talk about a doubleheader. WrestleMania 9 won. Probably the worst power couple in wrestling history. The Mega Maniacs, Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake, teaming up against Money Incorporated for the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team titles. You know, when Hogan came back in 93, something didn't sit right with me. And that can be summed up in four unique words. Oh, wait, yeah. The ma- Nope. <laughs> uh, the ma- uh, 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 Seven unique words. The mouth of the South, James Hart. 
Hulk Hogan should not be affiliated with Jimmy Hart. If you want to be affiliated on the road, brother, or at the negotiations, brother, oh! Or if you want Jimmy Hart to go out and get the ice for Hulk Hogan when he's at a hotel and he needs ice, that's totally fine. I don't want to see it on TV. I don't need my legal beagle mouth of the sound Jimmy Hart, dude. I don't want him around Hulk Hogan. Ever. And it just ruins it. And now the match is also fucking awful, too. And Hogan with that Shider, although the Shider, we can talk, you know, is more important with Final, or Final Fantasy, WrestleMania 9 too, when he's like, oof, I'm ugly, but the belt's pretty, oof. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am sorry to do it to Hulk Hogan, the legend, the character, the wrestling the character, the legend, but there's only one place for the Mega Maniacs and Money, Inc. to go, and that's right down to Florida in TNA, TNA, TNA. Fucking deserve each other. Now, controversy rears its ugly head once again. Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna. Come on! Come on, you yellow belly! And Brett's like, go! Go! Go, Terry! My eyes are going to be okay. you got a chance to be the WWF champion. You can be the beating heart of WWF. Go! Go, Terry! Go! Go fight Yokozuna. My eyes will be okay. And then Hulk goes to the ring and Brett's like, oh, my eyes really hurt. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Brett's such a chopper. <laughs> Here comes the controversy. When this happened, it was the greatest thing in the history of our sport to old Johnny C. All was right with the universe. Hulk Hogan was back. Hulk Hogan is once again the WWF champion. And how about that zoom? With the three counts made, and the camera goes boom. And JR's like, My God, a former defensive tackle from Tennessee State is the heavyweight champion in the world. Most would put this in TNA. I love this match, moment, angle, whatever you want to call it. It's an official match. The bell rings, folks. Hulk Hogan versus Yokozuna gets into the FUNB tier. Now, all my love for it can only get it to FUNB, but I refuse. I refuse to put it in TNA because this 16-second or whatever match is better than the Mega Maniacs versus Money Incorporated. Bottom line. Now Hulk goes on a sabbatical to Atlanta, GA. Bad Street, Atlanta, GA! And then he comes back. Look, we all know what's next on the docket. WrestleMania 18. Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus The Rock. Icon versus Icon. I was there. I could tell you folks, of all the things I've experienced in my life, perhaps nothing was more electrifying than being in the Toronto Sky Dome, cheering for a Hulk Hogan before everybody else was. I mean, sure, a lot of us were cheering for Hulk, but there were some vocal Rock supporters, including the gentleman sitting to my left. By the end of the match... He forgot The Rock even existed and was all about the Hulkster. Immortal. Immortal. And even Dave gave it three stars, okay? So Dave, think about it like this. Dave acquiescing acquiescing to the fact that this is three stars should tell you it's like 20 stars from an experience standpoint. Because I think that experience helped get Dave up to three. It's immortal. It lives forever, along with the ultimate challenge and Hulk versus Andre. Slam me, boss! It's 
it lives forever. There's no need to have any further discussion. We don't need to have a fucking lunch and learn all about this match. I don't need to go into great detail, okay? It's 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 flawless. Flawless victory. <laughs> One more match to go. 20 years in the making. You want to talk about the accoutrement or the production aiding a match? Not only... I mean, look, yes, obviously the Vince bloodshot is iconic and legendary. One of the top five shots they've ever done. I also love the video package for this match with the with the somber, like... Ah. Like, you know, it's like, Hulk Hogan, I created you. Vince stabbing him with the pen. Hulk Hogan, your blood is on my hands. Like, it's a great video package. The match delivers. The match over delivers, okay? It's more about emotion in the feels than technicality. Not like Hogan was ever a technical work rate genius. But you know what it feels on par with emotionally? It feels on par with the Mega Powers exploding. It's not. Okay? It's not. But from an overall standpoint, it's too bad WrestleMania 19 wasn't in the location of 21. Because Hogan events are going Hollywood into the A tier of Hollywood. And I think, if my math is correct... That's going to wrap up the discussion on Hulk Hogan. 12 wrestle official WrestleMania matches. So let's go from the bottom to the top. Hogan's number 12 WrestleMania match. The sole holder of the TNA tier. WrestleMania 9. Uh, Money Inc. versus the Mega Maniacs. Hogan's 11th best WrestleMania match. The worst of the FUNB tier. WrestleMania 4. Hulk versus Andre. His 10th best match. WrestleMania 2. That's right. His ninth best match. The king of the FUNB tier. I'm putting WrestleMania 9-2 above 2 and 4. Hulk and Yokozuna. It's done. I've already said it out loud. I can't take it back. Hogan's eighth best WrestleMania match. The lowest of the hoof tier. WrestleMania 1 tag. His seventh best match. WrestleMania 8 versus Sid Justice. Uh, The king... Of the hoof tier, his sixth best match, WrestleMania 7 versus the Sarge. His fifth best WrestleMania match, the lowest of the Hollywood tier, 20 years in the making versus Mr. McMahon. His fourth best WrestleMania match, the number one of the Hollywood tier, the Mega Powers explode. Now here's what everybody's been waiting for. If we're all going to acquiesce to the fact that Johnny C is doing his own list and he's put three matches in the Immortal tier, how will they shake out? Hulk Hogan's third best WrestleMania match. The ultimate challenge. Ooh. So, what's Hogan's second best WrestleMania match? I'm acquiescing. I'm giving up a little bit of my emotional ties. Hogan's second best WrestleMania match is versus... The Rock at WrestleMania 18, making the most immortal match in history. Because you can't deny it. Hulk versus Andre at WrestleMania 3. It just resonates. I'd rather watch Hogan and Rock. Watch any du- here. I'm. This is the last thing. This is all I need to say. Watch any WWE programming. 
What's the first thing you see on your screen? Hogan slamming Andre. Right? It's the lead to the signature. We're done. We're done! That's, I should have just said that at the beginning and left it all alone. But we had fun getting there. So, folks, the careers of Brett, Brett the Hitman Clark and Hollywood Hulk Hogan are different, but they are forever intertwined. Go, Terry! Go! Go to defeat the Yokozuna, Terry! And uh, we've ranked them, and I hope you've enjoyed yourself. But if you didn't enjoy yourself, there's plenty here on the new TNN that you could flip around and listen to. Ringman. Junkman, where we talk about movies. Hey, we recently reviewed Scream 6, but don't listen to it if you haven't seen it yet, unless you don't care about spoilers. That was a lot of fun. A good movie. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, we do Toad Man, where we talk about Dawson's Creek. We do Concrete Man, where we review in-your-house pay-per-views of Vincent Man on commentary exclusively. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. We'll probably have more WrestleMania coverage to come. But for now, put that cigarette out, because I'm Johnny C. A winner is you. Hey, Terry, do you think I can get my win back against you, dude? Uh, you know, Brett, I gotta be honest with you, dude. I, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> you probably should have never told me to get in that ring with Yokozuna, dude. Hey, how are your eyes, by the way, brother? You get that salt out of them? I don't really care, dude. I'm out of here. Boom, boom.